Now it's working. It's actually mind blowing. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on with this thing. Okay, that's a little better, Matt. Let's run it, baby. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matthew and Ben's podcast, The Real Brothers. Let's give the it up. The Real baby. Brothers. Let's give it up. <laughs> we are here. We have had a rocky, terrible, chaotic start switching between podcasting, recording software, having internet crashing. But we're here now and we are happy. Matt, how you doing? It is Wednesday at I'm fueled by chaos PM. energy, Ben. He's fueled, baby. He's caffeinated. He's motivated. He is psyching. I'm drinking a beer. It's five PM. Hey. How was your day, Matt? It's eight o'clock East Coast time, so or actually no, it's in the saying it's five o'clock somewhere. You're right on the money. Wait, it's five wait what? Isn't the saying it's five o'clock somewhere about that you should be drinking? So five oh, o'clock, that's right on the money true. for you. That's too early, dude. That's too early. <laughs> I think that that just shows the culture is a little alcoholic. But I, we're not here to judge on the Real Brothers podcast, you know? Top of the morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> I could say I could say that I'm still working by recording this podcast, but we'll have to see uh how it does actually when so when we were talking about starting this podcast i went to spotify and i typed in movie podcasts and i scrolled down for five minutes and i saw dr quacker's movie reviews god bless dr quacker but i expect that (laughs) matt and i and dr quacker are going to go head to head in the podcast world we're Uh, coming for his turf we're coming for his turf. Actually, he's been quite dedicated, but in 2021, it looks like he lost motivation and, and fell off a little bit. Hey, pandemic hit everybody. Although you would think, lots of time to watch movies. I feel like my movie count it went way up since the pandemic. Dude, I was reading your notes here for the podcast and your, uh, I feel like your movie intellect is far ahead of mine. So I'm just going to be here for commentation. And uh, is that even a word? I don't think that's a word. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Shakespeare to created like a third of the words. He just made them up. So I think we need to bring that back. I think you should be allowed to make up words. Well, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> so what are we doing? I guess tell everybody what we're doing here. Um, so, yeah, we're the Real Brothers Podcast. We grew up loving movies, and that's what we're passionate about. We like movies, film. Um, I don't know. I don't think we need to pencil hole ourselves in too much. I think anything that we find interesting, we'll probably talk about. But the main thing that we'll probably be commenting on is just kind of amateur critics talking about what we like, what we think is good, and what we wish there was more of, which I think is really easy to do because a lot of TV that is made today and movies especially is made for like kind of lowest common denominator which there's nothing wrong with simple things like a lot of the movies that we love the most are really simple um but a lot of stuff today just doesn't really have a soul so I feel like we're as qualified as anybody else to talk about that I agree I feel like we are men of sophisticated taste and uh, we have a lot to offer to this movie-recommending <laughs> industry. Actually, you know what really happened, Matt, is 
I got out of the military in March. I traveled and I came here and here I am. You can see due to my non-blurred background that I am in my bedroom, which I feel like this is an intimate experience. Everyone's seeing the inside of my bedroom. I currently don't have a really, you know, successful high paying job. Um, I do freelance photography and video. And so, you know what I thought? I thought, let's start a podcast, something that's probably hey, everybody's not going to more income. <laughs> Everyone's doing it, actually, just so people can know that this is, uh, you know, my round two attempt is I had a podcast and it's still live on the Spotify iTunes store. It's called Free 100, plug. 168 Hours, 22 episodes, and I don't think it was uh, necessarily massively successful. So hopefully Matt and I can kind of stick in there hold to it a little bit more and uh yeah have fun hey i'm in it for the long haul i feel like we need to set the goal 50 episodes and then we can review when we hit that point that huge <laughs> milestone and we can decide you know if we haven't made a couple million by then maybe we need to rethink it but i'm feeling good about our chances i like 50 50 is double what i did last time so it means progression uh, yeah in life and I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, shake it out, loosen up, but I'm excited to get wild on this podcast and have a completely unfiltered opinion of life, movies, cinema, something that I texted my roommates and I said, I'm looking forward to getting weird and saying something that's going to ruin any future employment opportunities. So that's, that is <laughs> that's what the people want. That's what the people want. They want sound bites. They want me throwing shit at bad movies bad television <laughs> um and that's what we're here to do people so matt because you are the matt and i are good a good a uh, good duo here kind of like i'm the robin to matt's batman or he is the what's help me out matt what's another duo i don't know but i was just fighting so hard not to break out my batman voice i'm batman <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Matt. I am the Sam to Matt's Frodo. I don't know if that's insulting to you, Matt, because Frodo. No, Frodo's a legend. Um, but Matt, because you are the intellectual, analytical one of the pair of the duo, tell me, what are you watching these days? What movies are getting you excited? Television, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. So, are we just starting with kind of what we've been watching lately? So I think I'm jumping out of order. No, you're good. I like the free-flowing aspect. I think I'm watching two TV shows right now. Um, well, actually three, but one of them is Seinfeld with my wife, Lauren. She's watching yes. it for the first time, but for me, it's like my 20th time. Like I don't even know. We grew up watching that show and have can always I, watched it. Can I interject real quick? Yeah, definitely. So I started dating... I'm not dating this girl, but I went on some dates with a girl, and she is watching Seinfeld for the first time as well. So interesting to watch people, I would say, of our age who didn't grow up watching Seinfeld watch Seinfeld, and interesting to see if they connect to it like you and I do. But anyways, continue Seinfeld. Love no, that, that is really funny. Yeah, I love Seinfeld. Um, I love the humor style, and I think it is really funny having watched it at like eight years old to 10 or whenever I started watching it and then watching it now, there's a lot of things that you didn't really get as a kid. But I think as a kid, I was 
obviously in love with like the slapsticky kind of humor like like Kramer could have been a character from like a 1920s like silent film like half of his comedy is just like big reactions and just crazy stuff like that so in the door exactly so that's the first one um and then funnily enough also with Julia Louis-Dreyfus who plays Elaine in Seinfeld in the TV show Veep which is on HBO um I somehow had missed the Veep train I know it was a big um like Emmy winner and all that stuff never had watched it until a couple weeks ago I just started it so I think I'm on season two right now so pretty new but I like it a lot um it's basically a satire where she's the vice president and then at the part I'm at right now the president is resigning so she's becoming president but it's just a comedy and kind of a satire of the way our government goes and I started it because I heard a recommendation where they were talking about how at the time there were multiple different president TV shows on and people would be like, oh, the West Wing, that's like the most realistic because it right. seems the most realistic because all the people are competent. But as you see, exactly. So like more serious drama like shows. But now in retrospect from 10 years ago, we can kind of say, well, actually, Veep is the most accurate because most of these people in government are self-absorbed and kind of delusional and are not worried about the real issues they're more worried about getting the sound right or whatever um i mean obviously this is not a political podcast i don't Let's think go. that i'm qualified take them down <laughs> but it is funny that they can kind of lambast the political people in a really funny way um and then the last one that we're watching right now is called the bear it's on hulu it's really funny um it's really good drama um and it's just really well shot it's basically about this kid who is comes up in kind of a tougher household you would say or like his whole family owns a restaurant and then he gets out of there and he goes and becomes like a famous head chef or he's training to become one and so he gets named this is all backstory he gets named like the rising chef in some like a prestigious magazine or whatever and then his brother dies and so he comes back to take over the family restaurant and that's when the show starts and it's really good um, really touching kind of like a feel-good story but it's not like preachy or anything like it's just like normal people um, so yeah and the shots are so good like there are so many moments where they zoom in obviously food is really conducive to a cinematic environment because if someone's chopping a, a fish or whatever they can zoom in on that and it looks really cool or they're baking a cake or whatever so it's basically like the best parts of the food network but then on like an actually good tv show dude yeah it looks good i looked it up and can i just say like fucking chefs food that is some amazing television because it's a raw rough intimate hardcore environment that uh i don't feel like is portrayed very accurately often have you read uh little mini mini uh i don't know if this is connected or not but anthony bourdain's kitchen confidential have you read that i listened to it yeah i think on your uh audible account so amazon don't come after us but Boom. i'm mooching <laughs> we are mooching baby everyone hit me up Free Audible subscriptions for <laughs> for all people. Also, the bear. When I googled the bear, um, 
not only there's the television series, but also there's the movie. I believe that is one of the movies that we watched when we were kids. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm way off. But it looks familiar. Is that the movie where the bears have sex? Yes. Because I definitely remember just being scarred as like a 12-year-old where yes. our dad thought that this was like a classic good western <laughs> classic or something and then it's just bears humping and you're like okay i don't think we need yeah. to see this <laughs> yes. but maybe actually, it was great i don't know actually on that point i distinctly remember once when i was 12 sitting next to grandpa Steele on the couch and it was pbs on and uh, two two bears were having sex on PBS. It was some sort of an animal national geographic <laughs> coverage. And Grandpa looked at me as a twelve year old and said, "I can't." What did he say? He looked at me and he said, "I don't the circle of life or something, something along those lines." And I'm a twelve year old kid, and I'm like, "What is happening?" It's the greatest clearly, generation right there. <laughs> clearly, Matt and I had maybe like a different upbringing than some people <laughs> we'll just say that but cool matt those are good i have not watched the bear i have not watched veep um yeah i'd recommend the bear to basically everybody um veep more if you're into like satirical humor yeah very cool i'll have to watch that for me um i hear a little bit of an echo Matt, are you listening to me through the headphones yeah Okay. Um, maybe just turn down the volume a little. So for me, um, my what am I what am I watching these days? I watch Seinfeld whenever I want something mindless, just in the zone, hanging out. I'm watching the House of Dragon, which we're gonna get into. Ring of Power. I'm semi watching half like sleepily skipping through because I cannot endure the pain. Um, and You're man, stepping on our segment. I know I'm stepping. I'm just I'm just preluding. I'm getting into it. I started watching The Sopranos again, which is absolutely amazing. I watched that a while ago, so it kind of seems like a brand new show for me. Matt, Matt highlighted what I'm supposed to be talking about. <laughs> no, oh, I didn't even mean to. I don't think he No, I didn't mean to. He's keeping me at Cuba. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I so was going to say The Sopranos is a huge hole in my TV show watching. Dude, I've never seen it. it. I got to watch that. We'll watch it together. We'll talk about it. That would be it. a good I'm thing on, we could talk about. I think I'm on episode two. I watched or I saw that uh, the Rolling Stone magazine came out with a top 100 television shows of all time and they put sopranos as number one wow i want to say, I want to say breaking bad three seinfeld was up there maybe like 14 15 game of thrones 30 um ring of power of course no surprise to the people was not on the fucking list before <laughs> I thought you were gonna say number ring, two <laughs> ring of power was number a thousand okay that show sucks it's over budgeted tragic it is symbolic <laughs> For a society today, it's lazy. All right, keep going. Whatever. What else am I watching? <laughs> I am watching. I watch Scarface again. Never gets old. Why? Because I'm a fucking gangster. I watched Hustle with Adam Sandler. I actually mm. thought that was heartwarming. Have you seen that, Matt? No, but I need to watch it because I'm a huge NBA fan, and so I know that that has a lot of NBA players in it. Watch it. It was not. 
winning any awards for the best movie ever, but it was heartfelt. It was honest. Feel good. I liked it. Um, and I love Adam Sandler. Ever since Uncut Gems, incredible. And I'd say that he carries this movie as well. I watched a movie series under the banner of heaven. That was the first show that I had binged in a long time, probably because I uh, was so busy with my previous job. It's about the LDS church. Super interesting. Really highly recommended. Really good. I watched Zero Dark Thirty. For some reason, I missed that one. I hadn't watched it. I watched Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. Good. I watched House of Gucci in the plane. Um, I, I'm filming a short film series about veterans. I was flying to the East Coast. I watched House of Gucci. And then Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know why. Sometimes I go back to that just to be just to be the man. Just get a little bit of motivation. So, Wolf of Wall Street is an amazing movie. I've seen it lots of times. I remember when I was, I think, like a junior or senior in high school, I ditched. A day of school, which I know is frowned upon. Um, hopefully mom's not listening to this. But anyways, I went to the Red Box, got Wolf of Wall Street, went home. My eyes were opened, not only to the dangers of capitalism in America, but also to the beauty of Margot Robbie. So overall, kind of half and half on that day. Um, sure. But yeah, Wolf of Wall Street is a really good movie. When thinking about the Wolf of Wall Street, I actually thought about... Um, one day when I was in college and I had a little necktie company, which was very mildly successful and I was desperate to sell a necktie and I was calling different stores, um, trying to sell these neckties and I almost word for word verbatim, I'm looking for the, uh, the quote, I can't find it, but I saw, or I talked to a store owner in the same way that uh, Leo um, makes a sale when he's working at the penny, penny stock firm. So anyways, and actually it was quite funny. I remember doing this and the store owner um, told me to stop reading the script. And then he was actually interested. He was some guy from Brooklyn. He said, stop reading the script. Uh, you can send me a necktie and if I like it, I'll carry it in my store. So. That shit works, people. Do it. <laughs> that is funny. Do it. Pretty funny, though. <laughs> little dead air. That was a long freaking pause, dude. All That's right. my bad. <laughs> I was ready for Hey, you. we'll work on that. It's episode I one, people. For you to pick. You're so patient. I was ready for you to pick up the layup. But yeah, that's my bad. Out. You're fine. You're such a patient. Hey, you're Magic so and Kareem's chemistry wasn't built in a day, all right? It We're going to get there. It wasn't. So, background, because I'm completely out of order. I'm going to hit a little bit of my background. I... Was a Marine. I got out of the Marine Corps. For some reason, I have had a fascina fascination with anything pop culture, music, movies, television for a long time. And um, I feel like Matt and I have a unique perspective on movies because from a young age, we watched a lot of classic movies that no one else has even watched in their lifetime. And for me, at least that set the expectation credits to our dad, not perfect. But one thing he did do well is that set the expectations for what good cinema could be watching Ben-Hur, 
Gone with the Wind, Ten Commandments, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Rambo when I'm like 14 years old, Rocky, that really set the expectation for, ah, this could be good movies. Um, and so today, I'd say that's the baseline that I watch movies and television on. And then uh, also, I am a photographer, videographer, and I have been doing that on the side and shooting some myself. Um, and so I think I have a little bit of an eye for it. I have some friends who are actually in the business that I spoke to this last week. One of them works for really like an A-lister talent agency in LA, and the other one is doing the rounds for the um, like independent film rounds i'm having a total uh my mind is blank but like anyways, a film festival yes he's doing the film festival rounds so it's something i'm interested in and possibly going to get uh more involved in in the future we'll see but either way that's my background some things that i really enjoy are seinfeld game of thrones peaky blinder blinders hell on wheels i like peaky blinders because i lived there in birmingham where it was shot Hell on Wheels, I know that's maybe not popular with a lot of people, but I liked it. Succession, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Black Mirror, which was incredible. Fucking love that show. I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it. Um, and then movies. You know, I didn't write down my favorite movies, but I like Lord of the Rings. I like Manchester by the Sea. I like uh, Scarface. Anyways, that's me. Matt, background. Hit it. <laughs> Yeah, so my relationship with movies basically started out the same, just because we had the same parents. Um, we didn't have TV, cable, which I feel like a lot of our generation um, watched a lot of, like, um, Spongebob, Cartoon Network, um, which just is all good mind, stuff. Just mind-melting, <laughs> dude. Absolute. You're going to get... We can't start off with the Spongebob crowd after us, dude. That's no, everybody. No, just kidding. Spongebob's <laughs> yeah i mean it yeah i mean it's not like we were watching like hitchcock at age five but we basically did just watch movies all the time and i think even more than that when you watch a lot of movies with a group of people you kind of it becomes your lexicon so i can just think of like lines that is a good word it's a good freaking word dude tell me about what lexicon lexicon is just like your vocabulary i think um, but it can also be like, um, kind of like situations. So obviously Seinfeld is a really good example of this just because the whole show is built around like you're in this situation, um, or you have this friend who does this weird thing and then that's kind of the situation that you're in. But I think about like Pixar movies, it basically Disney classics, um, like you were talking about like Ben-Hur, Ben-Hur is one of my favorite movies. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but Anyway, so grew up with that, um, just speaking lines, I think especially the dialogue is one thing that really, like, sunk into our family, or, like, the four of us kids, um, and now with my friends, I even think of that, is just, like, movie lines, or I think of a situation that happened in a movie or a TV show, and that's how we kind of connect with other people, so obviously that's really important to us. Um, and then I wrote down just a couple TV shows that I'm a big fan of kind of just to show what I like in a TV show. Um, and then this is going to bleed through into our conversation about rings of power and game of Thrones and stuff as well, because I think these are 
the things that are the most important to me. Um, so first off, writing. And when I think of writing, the first thing is, why does the show exist? What is the conflict? And so Succession is one of my favorite TV shows ever. This is a great example of this because it's so simple. Nothing needs to be complex. The dad owns the company. It's worth a lot of money. All the kids want it. Boom. Like just right there, you have instant conflict between the characters. You have different relationships between them that you can kind of exploit and explore. And then also with writing is obviously dialogue that can be in humor or it can be cutting. Again, Succession is a great example of this. Um, it's a TV show that I would recommend to most everybody because it is amazing, despite the fact that it can be super crude and it's just incredibly offensive, but that's also I how people talk. I love the shaky handheld cam. Not full on shaky, but I like the handheld cam and the unique, like, kind of absurd camera angles in succession and it's like good i think shaky cam has like a bad connotation because yeah. people think I of it like running after like a murderer with a knife shaky cam but yeah. yeah people think of it as like transformers or something where you're kind of like hiding the movie with the shaky cam whereas i think that in succession when it's used it's used to show like you're uncertain about the situation or it or just to be creative with like you're looking also this is a quick tangent but just for 30 seconds one thing that they do really well in succession that's really unique um kind of more like a play than a tv show is they do different takes with all of the actors at, and they're all in the shot so if they're focusing on a scene between you and me in the background shiv and roman are having a conversation and it almost makes the cameraman part of the scene because they can just leave from those two actors and go to the next person and then all of a sudden you're following them. And that leads me into number two that I was going to talk about, which is cinematography. And that's just what looks cool, what conveys emotion with the camera. And so the example that I showed for this is a TV show that just wrapped, which was Better Call Saul, um, the prequel to Breaking Bad, which both of which are amazing TV shows. I would say I probably liked Breaking Bad more just because it was so electric like i was living in albuquerque at the time when we watched it which makes it even closer cooking, to home when you can math. yeah basically when you can hear gunshots <laughs> out of your apartment that tv show is a little matt, extra intense matt was walter white uh probably more like the kid that uh gets shot at the end when he's just on his little dry school that was basically me with the uh cartels in albuquerque but um but yeah, cinematography is just, in Better Call Saul, they'll have the camera looking through the window of a car and the main character is sitting on a park bench. Or they're walking down a flight of stairs and the camera is like dropping down the flight of stairs. Just things that make you say either how do they do that or wow, that's just so cool. And it looks cool. It's a visual medium. You want things that look cool. And then the third one that I put was characters. Um... Obviously, every TV show you want people to root for or people to root against. I think Game of Thrones is a great example of that in both aspects because Joffrey is like the most hated man in America while Jon Snow is someone everyone can relate to and loves. But I actually chose Fleabag, um, which is a British... I seen that. Definitely recommend it. It's one of the funniest shows. It reminded me a little bit of Seinfeld, which we were just talking about. Um, because not necessarily, not necessarily in the humor style, but definitely just in like the overall disappointment with humanity. 
um, the main character, she's a young woman and has a bit of a traumatic past, which you learn about. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but the feeling of like isolation and loneliness that you get from this TV show is insane. It's super hilarious, super cutting. Um, and it's almost like the only person that the main character has is the audience and everyone else is just, she's not a very good person. The people around her are not necessarily super great people, but they're all real. And so you're rooting for her to get it together and you're rooting for basically just the whole situation. Uh, but she's a really drawn out character and the TV show needs to have those three things in my opinion. Um, conflict a reason to exist cool cinematography um obviously your tv show it can be like the office which like doesn't really have any cinematography but then there's something interesting there as well where they like cut out to the interviews and it's just a different style so that's something that kind of excites you and then characters you want people to root for which the office i mean characters come on got some classics jim and pam forever so, dude, let's get right into my my rant, bro. What do you think about... So, we're going to talk about two more things here in this podcast. First thing, fantasy show thoughts, which is, seems to be a trend. People are jumping back on the fantasy wagon, baby. Um, everyone wants to be epic. Everyone wants to... Every, you know what everyone's doing? Everyone is just being a little... Just a little boy, little girl trying to copy the older sister older brother which is game of thrones and everyone sees oh how much money are they making how about we get on that wagon and try to make it and what do they do they shit the bed they suck (laughs) just kidding i don't know we'll see but anyways so that's fantasy shows and then the second topic is the road trip classics which is the uh title of this podcast and that is matt and my three i wrote down four uh choices for road trip movies that we watched growing up and that we recommend people watch even though they don't they definitely don't put uh little tvs with vhs players in their cars like we used to and they probably don't watch movies much when they uh, drive unless they're doing that sketchy cell phone on the dash drive in the middle of the night like i do quite often whatever come after me police it's all good i'm here you know where i'm at um but anyways matt fantasy show thoughts yeah well i was laughing at what you said about how everybody wants to be game of thrones that is just so true and is great like we're basically the target demographic for these kind of shows we grew up um loving fantasy books um like i'm still working on my first read through cover to cover of the bible but i've read lord of the Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have resolved that Squadcast is not a great platform, people. Matt, take us away. Take us away, and we're going to pick it right back up. We're going to pick it right back up with We Are The Demographic. All Two right. words from our sponsor. Thank you, Nike, for the million dollars. Matt, boom, go. <laughs> Just do it, Nike. All right, so basically, we are the target demographic. Um I've read, I know both of us have read The Lord of the Rings. We watch the movies. We are, we want to love these shows. Like when I started Rings of Power, the first episode, I 
came away with fairly positive. I was like, I like the visuals. I thought it looked really good. Um, and the characters were a little flat, but I was... it like You can't expect instantly well-rounded characters, deep motivations at the first episode. So that's where I would say that I started with the TV show. What did I give it, Matt? I think I gave it a four. Yeah. Four out ben, of ten. Ben was basically out from the beginning. I would say that I have slowly lost hope as it's gone on. Um, yeah. I mean, it just brings me back to what we were talking about f- before, about the number one thing that a TV show needs is a reason to exist. What is the conflict? And this TV show should have it in spades. There, It's, it's good versus evil. Black versus white. This is like as basic as we can get. And so the rudimentary evil, the good people, fight the bad guys. And yet how are we... I think I'm like five episodes in right now. And there is no tension. It's like so bland. It needs... I think I told you it needs some spice. Like it needs anything to root for, to root against. You just... The characters don't have realistic motivations and i don't know just something about the way that they have made it has been really disappointing i would say it is just pure laziness cringe and i think the fact i'm gonna throw this out there and no one's probably gonna listen to this so it's fine the people who like that show it just goes to show that they don't know anything about film they don't know anything about television they don't know what good is Perfect analogy. You're living your whole life in a cave. If you're in a cave, you might think the cave is quite nice. You think, wow, I have the fire. Whoa, some random stranger drops grilled fish down to me every night. That's quite nice. But you don't know how good the outside of the cave is. There's girls. There's parties. There's waterfalls. (laughs) There's oceans, beaches, mountains. It's gorgeous. But you don't know because you're in the cave. And that is everyone who likes the ring of power. You are in the cave. You don't understand what good television is. It's a problem if a character dies in a television show and you don't care. If you don't give a shit, that is a problem. And that is what Ring of Power is. That is what Marvel is. That is what a lot of these shows are because they don't take the time to develop a character. They don't. It's not the actor's fault or the actress's fault. It's whoever's writing this thing. They don't. I don't know. They just don't do it right. I will say that the speech. Is his name the mind, the mind orc, the head of the orcs? I have no idea. See, I skipped this show parts because i'm dying on the inside as a lord of the rings absolute lord of the rings fanatic i love it and anyways i watched the part where this man who is an elf who lives with the orcs he's like the god the father of the orcs he gave a speech to them and it hands down i couldn't even find it online i couldn't even find it on youtube because it was such shit it was absolutely the worst motivational speech that you would ever give to a pack of orcs going into battle Compare that to Lord of the Rings. It's just absolutely tragic. Also, I will say it is lazy. They are trying to make references between their shooting and Lord of the Rings. An example, Gadriel riding her horse in the woods trying to reference Lord of the Rings Fellowship. Um, And then also 
there's an orc who's about to die and he's saying what happened to the elf similar to when aragorn fell off the cliff and the orc was about to die saying what happened to aragorn and then um there's another scene where gadriel and i don't even know the kid in the show are hiding under some rock some logs with whatever some dirt falling in on them and there's an orc above and they're trying to symbolize when the hobbits were there with the nazgul above but why the hell would you shoot the exact same scenes as in lord of the rings i get it they're trying to be clever like oh we're we really care about lord of the rings so we're going to shoot the same scenes but in my opinion that is absolutely tragic lazy it's disgraceful it's insane come up with your own shit and shoot it right and I think the fact that Amazon spent a million, what did they spend? A billion dollars. A billion, okay, a billion, a B, a billion dollars on this television series is absolutely tragic. I hope they all lose their jobs. I hope they're all sent back to their hobbit holes, crying, disgraced. They're sent back to Mordor. They burn in the fires of Mount Doom. And we get some <laughs> new people in here. Let's get some new people in here to make an actual show that anyone who actually appreciates Lord of the Rings, anyone who's actually read the books, I read The Hobbit when I was 11 years old. Give me something good, people. Give me something heartfelt genuine come on come on even those callbacks could be good it's about the difference between like fan service is not necessarily bad you just have to have connected connective tissue between the moments so that people care about what's happening so when gladrill is hiding under the rock like we know that she's fine i don't know there's just they have not set up the dynamics between the characters in a way so that you are worried about them. Whereas, I'm thinking of the original Lord of the Rings, and the four hobbits are hiding under there, and the creepy-looking Nazgul is over there, and yeah, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, these people are not going to die right now. But that doesn't matter. That's not what you think while you're watching a movie, though. That's not how you think. You just just are scared. I was going to say, maybe, maybe not. You're so invested in them. Even though you're only maybe 30 minutes into the Fellowship of the Ring, you're so invested in them because that first scene when you see Frodo and Gandalf comes riding on his on the wagon and frodo comes running over laughing standing on the hill and saying you're late and gandalf says a wizard never arrives late nor early he arrives exactly when he means to you connect with frodo and that just does not exist in the ring of power you don't give a shit and if you do give a shit you don't know shit and even worse the characters don't even care in the scene the scene that i basically checked out on the tv show i wanted this to be great honestly this is really exciting as a fantasy nerd like the time we're living in should be amazing there's all these tv shows coming out this should be like prime time and when he i don't can't i see i don't even know half the characters names that's a problem like maybe we have not watched the show attentively enough but you the tv show needs to pull you in give you a reason to watch it but anyways the elf the main elf he's in the mine and he is working there and whatever this is like a cool setup i'm like maybe this is going to be interesting they're going to fight the goblins the um orcs and there's one cool part the fight is not horrible i'm like okay so this is where a little bit of the budget went this is cool and then his friend escapes but he gets left behind and so you're like okay this is a dramatic moment and his friend this is spoilers by the way if anybody likes the show and is watching us still 
I don't know. I think you need to go back and rewatch the show because I don't know what you saw that I missed. But his friend gets shot and it's like devastating. And then it's just like the show moves on. And you're like, all right. I mean, I didn't care about that elf anyways. It was that elf, I think, was earlier in the season. He was one of the ones when the main elf went back and he's the one that told him that they're going to be leaving the humans. Uh, yeah, it's just bad. So if I can explain one good moment from the show that showed something interesting that piqued my interest. So when Elrond goes with Celebrimbor to the dwarves, they go there and they're talking a little bit about the relationship between the dwarves and the elves. Celebrimbor talks about how he respects the dwarves, how they can carve stone like it's alive or make it look like it's alive or something. You're like, okay, this is kind of interesting, whatever. And then he gets in there, and they have this basically challenge. It's like a bravado off, where Elrond and the main dwarf, they break these stones. And it's a little bit cheesy, but it's Lord of the Rings. And I don't know, I think this is cool. This is like dwarf culture. We're exploring it. This is the Mines of Moria before it was a decrepit tomb. It's like this giant city with trees and waterfalls. And something that really made had me going like, whoa, this is high hopes for this TV show is Elrond afterwards he actually has a relationship with this dwarf and he goes to his house and the dwarf's wife is there and the dwarf dwarf's wife is a little bit like generic gender dynamics but who cares it works the wife is basically trying to build bridges between these two the guy dwarf is standoffish and cold and he has a reason he has a reason to feel the way he does none of the other characters in this tv show i don't know why they feel the way that they do they're all just immortal beings of goodness i guess even the humans which doesn't make any sense it's for the elves but anyways the dwarf is pissed off at elrond because he has been gone for 50 years he missed the wedding he missed the kids he missed this whole dwarf's life and the dwarf is ticked off at him and elrond whatever why would an elf care to him it's a blink of an eye it, he has no knowledge of what time passing means and so that for that 10 minutes i was like okay we've got something here like Basically, what this TV show makes me think is that they have the billion-dollar sandbox. While editing this is going to be an absolute nightmare. But just in case we need to edit in what I was just saying, basically my point was Amazon spent a billion dollars on this TV show. They built this amazing sandbox, this world that looks really good, and it feels like Lord of the Rings, which is what people want. And they put these action figures in that sandbox and gave them nothing to do. And they just, they have all of the ingredients to make a killer TV show and they just dropped the ball. I agree. Sorry, I had to use the restroom. No, it's all good. I mentioned earlier, this is going to be an edit to nightmare, but a, a nightmare to edit. But if we can make it work, there's definitely something in here. That's okay. We'll figure it out. You know, Rome was not built in a day, as I always say, as an old Roman legionnaire. Speaking of another good show, Rome, HBO. Why? Because HBO is always right. Amazon Prime? I don't know. About 33%. You're really dropping the ball, Amazon. Next show, because we hate Ring of Power, but I'm going to keep watching. You know why? Because I'm going to hate on that. Next show, House of Dragon. Matt, go. I, give me out of ten, Matt. Out of ten. Um, like eight and a half. 
eight and a half solid. I give it a eight. But building, I would say that it's great Maybe that we're starting this week because I think that this week's episode was not only the best episode of House of the Dragon so far, I think it was the best Game of Thrones since like mid season six of Game of Thrones. Definitely better than seven or eight. Um, well, I really liked that final season, but okay. <laughs> So yeah, hot D as they're calling it in the streets. <laughs> hot D is that House of Dragon? Like, yeah. <laughs> he coined it. He coined it. Ew. No, I can't coin that. I heard that somewhere else, which I thought was hilarious. I knew I had to use it. But it's yeah, so how? It's on Reddit. House of the Dragon. I thought that this past week, it's episode eight. I thought it was by far the best. And the reason why is because I think that you agree with me. The time jumps have been a little bit tough. Um, there's been good and bad parts with it. I think that the good is that you kind of get a wider breadth of story. Like we're seeing this traveling through the generations, um, kind of, which I know is one of the angles that they're trying to hit. And I think that some of the changing actors have been really good. Like I thought that young Rhaenyra and young Allison were both really good. And now seeing the older versions who are really knocking it out of the park. I think that we're enjoying that, or at least I am a lot. Uh, but this past week episode I thought was the best because we're really starting to see the divide between the two sides, which I think was started in May. I mean, it's been building, but at the end of this episode, First off, rest in peace to King Viserys. Legend scared the crap out of me with his uh, Phantom of the Opera mask when he took that off. Truly terrifying stuff. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, so he goes out and the whole gist of what's building, or what it looks like to me, is Alicent and her side, the Greens, up until this point, have just not, you've not had any reason to root for them. And that's why I felt like this week's episode was the best because it puts in a baseline of the, like, there's a reason to care about the bad guy, which brings me back to the rings of power. Like it, a TV show can work if it's good guys versus bad guys that totally can work. But I think that it's easier or more enjoyable, at least from what I like in a TV show to have people you can root for on both sides. So at the end of this episode, um, King Viserys, his, people you know i'm just here it's wednesday night it's a real struggle squad cast i'll give you one out of ten I'll give you a one out of ten i'll give you a one for your platform one out of ten people absolute all right you there <laughs> all right i'm still ready to cook Let's cook, baby! King Viserys, fan of the opera. His face is fucked, and Matt's spinning with it. Truly horrifying. So, King Viserys, his dying words to his wife, Queen Alicent, it gives us a reason to root for the Greens. He tells her that Aegon is going Aegon's dream, which he is talking about Aegon the Conqueror hundreds of years before, 
uniting the realm. But she thinks that he's talking about their son, Aegon, who's truly a scumbag, but kind of funny, whatever. So now we understand where she's coming from, where she thinks that the king's dying last words are that she wants her prince, her firstborn, to be the new king. So now we have a reason to root for her. Also, the characters, yeah, Aegon is a dirtbag, but Aemond, that kid is sick. He's got the eye patch. He's the one who, whatever, they bullied him. They told him that he had the pig. Still a little sensitive about it. It's understandable. But he conquered a dragon by himself at like 12 years of age. And now you see him. He's one of the best swordsmen. He's equal to um, Alicent's head shield, who I can't think of his name. The guy who busted up the face of the prince's lover. Anyways, so Eamon, he's a character that we can root for. And this t- this episode just had so many great moments. Um, when Vaymond, the black guy who's leading um, that house. Sir Kristen Cole. Oh yeah, Sir Kristen Cole. So Eamon is the equal fighter with him at the beginning. We see him. He doesn't acknowledge his cousins because he's basically more badass than they are. And he puts a challenge at the end of that episode, calling them the strong boys, which is questioning their heritage, their birthright. And it, I thought it was such a good moment. The staging where you have the greens on the left, you have, I think the reds or the blacks, maybe the blacks on the right. Um, and whatever, the kids are there. And Eamon, whatever, he knows he can take these kids. And then Damon, who earlier in the episode cut a dude's head in half for calling his wife a whore that's like game respect game right there like that's your lebron and kd looking at each other moment when damon steps up in front of his kids and he looks at aemond and aemond kind of like stares him down and then he walks out because he's not going to take that fight right now but this is like character dynamics which make you interested in a tv show because you can root for people on both sides and I mean, they're badass, so it's just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I'm excited now that the characters are established and to see what happens. I love the show. The only thing that made it a little hard for me, which I understand why they did it, um, were the character changes. But, again, not a knock on the show. Honestly, I trust HBO more than any network. Um, So I'm sure it's going to be great. But I liked the previous characters or the actresses and actors so the changes were just a little hard because you get invested and then it's a new person but i think as it goes on like matt said it's totally set up yeah i agree the time jumps were a big challenge and i think it was held together by maybe damon is a really like like whatever he's He's, great yeah he's like not a good guy but he's a great character so you want to know he's not a good guy but maybe he's a good guy like part of me yeah Alicent hightower who's played by olivia cook she's i would say her moral standing is right but she's complicated because even though her moral standing is right she's kind of evil ish feeling yeah she's like self-servingly moral she's moral when it serves her right yeah and Renera, she might be a dick. A little bit sex. of a wild child. 
Yeah. yeah. But uh, but she's she's honest. So, anyways, I'm rooting for them. I'm Team Damon. Take down Alyssa and Hightower. You're dead to me. And you're going to burn by dragon's breath at the stake in front of the entire city upside down. Disgraced. Your dad is going to be chopped up into bits and fed to my dragon's firstborn. Yeah, I'm definitely not on the side of Otto I'm just, Hightower. I'm just so kidding. I guess I in that state, I don't exactly know. in that way, I'm on Team Damon. But I like Eamon a lot, the kid with the eye patch. He's and cool. He's yeah. yeah, he's pretty great. Cool. Well, I don't know if we. I think we jump right into Road Trip Classics, Matt. Let's do it. All right, dude. Give me your three. All right, so when I'm thinking of a road trip classic, I'm thinking a longer movie that maybe I wouldn't normally spend two and a half hours watching on a normal day, but you're stuck in the car, you've got your nine-inch plasma in the minivan, what are you going to throw on for your kids? And the first one that popped in my mind mind was The Sound of Music. (laughs) And in your eyes. Oh, lordy. (laughs) Soundbite. I'm making a clip. <laughs> we right. can just play that anytime I screw something up. So the sound of music, it's super wholesome, entertaining. I have always liked movies with music in it. I think of like all the old Disney movies. Um, anytime you can get a good song going in the TV or in the road trip. Uh, but yeah, sound of music was the first one that popped into my mind. That was good. Tell me behind. Tell me the backstory behind. <laughs> behind sound. <laughs> oh goodness. We used we used to do this. We used to get in laugh fits as as kids. I'm doing it again. It's I think we would so, get. It's because I'm so comfortable around you, Matt. So they. We would you. get in trouble for laughing too they, much in inappropriate we places. <laughs> we would. Like we a would, church. We would be told to shut up. We'd get angry looks. Anyways, which is funny as a kid laughing, I think that's there's worse things. But sound of music, Matt. I remember watching that when we were young. Tell me about it. Um, I don't know. I don't have any super hot takes about sound of music. Um, it's just really good. It's well made. The songs are entertaining, and Julie Andrews is like super iconic. She's just very charismatic, and you instantly feel for her. Um, she's like motherly but then also very attractive so i don't know i think that she's just like a classic movie star you hear that julie we're coming for ya julie ben's still single i wonder I'm if julie's still... single julie i'm still single baby <laughs> i'm gonna send you a dm after this episode no i agree man that's good man your your list is a little more practical than mine i just thought back to when we were growing up, some of the classics that we watched in the car. So I'll, I'll do my first one, which we had already talked about, Ben-Hur. Um, I wrote a quote. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I, ru- I warn you, Rome is an affront to God. Rome is strangling my people and my country, the whole earth, but not forever. I tell you, the day Rome falls, there will be a shout of freedom such as the world has never heard before. 
You are either for me or you are against me. If that is the choice, I am against you. Ben-Hur was one of the movies that I thought about too. That movie is so good. I would watch that right now and be completely entertained. Ben-Hur's great. I mean, it's it's a perfect mix of a fictional character storytelling mixed with real history. And as a young guy watching this three-hour and 32-minute epic, I will say that it... uh, it's great. And if you haven't watched, let's just say, if you haven't watched Sound of Music and Ben Hur, turn this off right now. Get your shit together and turn on that freaking television show. Turn off the Kardashians and watch that because you're missing out on some serious cinema, some serious history. Good first two options. Math, your second option. Let's hear it. Well, one last thing on Ben Hur. Just thinking yeah. about those TV shows that we were talking about, some of the things that's most entertaining are big set pieces, a big battle. The Battle of Helm's Deep, or the Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones. Mm. Ben-Hur has some amazing set pieces. Like, yeah. I used to Chariot dream scene. when I was in the backyard of being a slave on the galley and then breaking free and having to sword fight the Persians. Ramming speed! <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyways, I just don't understand how we came from that, like, a uh, 70 years ago or something and now rings of power has a billion dollar budget and they don't have a decent set piece well, but yeah, anyways I'll, just, I'll, I'll note on that too i think it just comes back to a lack of and this is just the world according to ben who doesn't know anything but i think it's a lack of authenticity it's a lack of hard work it's freaking laziness like i today i found myself watching Thinking about this podcast, I found myself watching some random hour-long behind-the-scenes of Lord of the Rings on YouTube. And the amount of absolute work that went into that. Money does not equal work. They didn't. Maybe they had like a sixth of the budget. I'd have to Google this, what the budget was. A sixth of the budget. I Googled it uh, once, but of Ring of Power. But they put in the work. They made the sets. They had real people. They had 200 horsemen. And I just think that lack of authenticity and hard work, it just doesn't exist in a lot, not all, but a lot of society, a lot of television. They want to get by with it on a green screen. And I think the average person can't tell, but I can tell. So that's why I like yeah. these old shows. And you can't even say hard work because whatever animator is animating this thing, they're obviously working hard. True. I think they, I just don't understand. They're so dependent on this one style that can look really good, but just I, doesn't like. I think COVID slightly fucked it up because I think COVID was going on and it was difficult to travel. It was difficult to get people together and actually do things. In their defense, that might have played a role that they were shooting this kind of during before COVID, and they, it you know they found it easier to do it in a studio rather than actually get to New Zealand, get on set, have people ride a horse, but. I don't know. I, I also think it's I, I also honestly think it's a generational thing the, a lot of the new people directing these things today. Maybe they're a little bit different than the people who are directing things 20 years ago or in Ben Hur's case, 30, 40 years ago. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyways, my second choice for a movie was Aladdin. 
which is a classic. Uh, we watched a lot of Disney movies growing up. I chose Aladdin because I think it's the funniest, which I think is a good thing when you're on a road trip. Um, Robin Williams basically just eats up the studio space. Like I've watched YouTube videos of him basically just riffing. He's just going through ideas of lines, and then they animate it later. Um, he's just a comedic genius, really funny and super quotable, um, and whatever Aladdin, fairly generic um, like Disney movie, but it just has really funny moments. Yeah, generic, but not like how many people are watching the original Disney movies these days. Probably not that many. And although I will say the remake of Aladdin is probably one of the better things Disney has put out fairly recently because a lot of the other stuff is shit. I'm not a big fan of Disney at all, but um, AKA destroying Star Wars series. That's another episode, but to hell with Disney. But I will say that uh, the Aladdin remake was really good. Will Smith didn't slap anybody and that was good for him um oh i love will smith i know you do so. i know you do tough moments all around i know you do and i'm not <laughs> knocking i'm not knocking the dude he's bounced back he's doing good he's back at it you know it's it, we all have moments and and you know what if you are attached to some crazy wife god bless your soul he is doing quite well for that situation so anyways aladdin <laughs> Great choice, man. Great, Great choice. <laughs> what did you have as number two? Number two. See, my, your choices are better than mine. Mine will likely put you asleep on a road trip, and you will crash and burn because you will fall asleep at the wheel. Because my next choice was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which I you're remember so watching. wrong, Ben. This movie's so good. No, I love, dude, this is my top five choice for a movie, but I think to the average person, it might be difficult for a road trip. I just remembered watching this when, uh, when we were kids. That's why I thought of it because I feel like I watched this for the first time, possibly in a car. And, um, yeah, this is definitely one of my top five favorite movies. So good. And glad you saved yourself there. I was getting ready to come up to bat for it. I was like, this movie is a true classic. No, I so, love it. I yeah. love it. That's why I put it down. Um, but uh, yours is definitely like a little bit more lighthearted and fun, I'd say. But Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, I mean, it's amazing. It's about a uh, classic story. People hole in the wall gang in Colorado, where Matt and I are from. And um, it's about these two outlaws who kind of did their rounds here in America and had to get new turf. So they went down to Bolivia and caused rampage there um it got to the point when a crew started hunting them actually that's what happened a crew started hunting them in america in the movie it's notoriously the man in the white hat um they had a i don't know if this is factual but this is the movie they had an indian guide who tracked them and so they had no other options and they escaped with one of their loves down to bolivia and a quote from them is let's go someplace like Bolivia. I could have written down a better quote, but that's the quote I wrote down somehow. So they went down to Bolivia and continued to rob banks there, and eventually they got uh, they got killed. They got some militiamen against them. But I love that movie, and I will say the Sundance Kid is a hundred percent my inspiration for life and for my mustache. So 
Boom. I know I have a little bit of scruff, but I rocked the stash for a good four years. God bless the Sundance kid for that. And we'll say the mustache gives you eternal power mm. and women. And everybody loves the mustache. People pretend like they don't. If they don't like it, it's because they're jealous. So, boom. Hey, the mustache kid. is back with Top Gun. It is. Who wore it first, though? Me or Tom Cruise? No, Tom Cruise never had it. Goose, huh? Yeah. Me or Goose? I wore it before Goose. <laughs> Yeah, one line that I really like from uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, I think, again, what we were talking about with characters, this interesting relationship between the characters. Um, the Sundance Kid, he's like, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He's like the big dick swinging around. Nobody wants to mess with him. He's the fastest gun. People are intimidated by him. Whereas Butch is the talker. He... People don't really respect him as much. Yeah, he likes, he's got a big mouth. And there's a scene where this basically Goliath type guy, I don't know who he is, he's challenging Butch to be the leader of the gang. And he walks up to Sundance and he says, but I don't have any problem with you, kid. Like, basically saying, like, I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm just trying to mess with Butch. And this uh, Sundance kid is like, oh yeah, no problem. And then right before they, or no, then he asks uh, Butch Cassidy how he wants to fight. And he says, we'll do fists. And they're like, all right. And he walks, and Butch walks over to the Sundance kid. And he's like, whatever, getting ready. And he says, if he beats me, kill him. And so right there, he's basically saying like, my ace in the hole is the Sundance kid. He knows if things go wrong, he's got him. But anyways, he walks up to fight this big guy. And he starts, all right, so first we need to talk about the rules. And kind of cozies up to him, knees him in the balls, and then <laughs> drops says him. Are, says there are no rules. Yeah. And then knees him in the balls. And so that's just like really good dialogue. It's shot really well. And then another interesting thing, just relationship between the characters, is how the woman is flirting with Butch, but then is in love slash sleeping with, with the Sundance kid. And so, I don't know. I feel like there's a it's, whole lot there that I need to rewatch to understand. Well, whereas... It's actually, man, like, that, I mean, that movie is so great, and I could go on forever. Just, like, the honest, authentic Western, but then the sense of adventure, the, like, random scene halfway through the movie where Butch Cassidy gets a bicycle, and it's the first <laughs> bicycle, and it's shot, this scene's, like, got, like, funny circus music, and him and the girl who is in love with the Sundance kid or riding the bicycle and then yeah they're like trifecta of love which actually I think would be a realistic thing like if three people traveled across the world to Bolivia in a time when there was no social media and or other options that female might be in love with one but she'd probably love the other just in a different way you know mm -hmm. and, um, anyways that show is so great and uh, yeah absolutely one of the best so my last choice, um, I basically cheated. Obviously, you could tell why my list was so amazing because I went with two Robin Williams because he's basically unbeatable. Um, rest in peace. I think him and Eddie Murphy are probably the two funniest people of my lifetime, like the people who just make me laugh the most. Mrs. Doubtfire, hello! There's so many other moments that just crack me up, and it's super infectious. Um so you can throw that on and whatever. Maybe you're looking out the window at your insanely boring 20-hour drive across the country or whatever. But just in the background, you're going to be laughing and having a good time because Robin Williams, he 
is a real movie star. He soaks up the screen. He has so much energy. All these lines coming at you rapid fire. Um, I think he's just a joy to watch in like any movie. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people haven't seen his stuff. So, Miss Doubtfire. Watch yeah, it's it. really good. Original Aladdin. Watch it. My last two, I mean, I wrote down two, really. I'd say the first one that really connects to me is The Ten Commandments. So similar to uh, Ben-Hur with Charleston Heston twice in a row. And, um, you know, Let My People Go. But great. I mean, it's Christian good story i just remember watching that as a kid and it's also a massively long movie i wrote down gone with the wind which i think was interesting to watch as a uh, young teenager i don't feel like most people watch that kind of movie um definitely some massive stereotypes in that i think i watched it again four or five years ago i need to maybe watch it again to actually have a true opinion but first time one of the first times a curse word was used in a movie i believe Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Um, but anyways, I'd say really my three that I remember growing up would be Ben-Hur, Butch Cassidy, and the Sundance Kid, and the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I like the Ten Commandments a lot. Um, if I was going to watch it today, I definitely would say it's like the B-plus version of Ben-Hur. I just don't think the set pieces are like quite as entertaining. But there are some really cool moments, um, like with the staff turning into a snake when he sees the burning bush and it's God or when the Israelites are like dancing around the golden calf or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then gone with the wind honestly did not enjoy it. The last time I watched it, mm -hmm. I just thought that it was boring. Um, but there the, are the inspiration for our mom's name. You know, that came from that. I think I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. Melanie. That's yeah. where I got the idea. But yeah, keep going. I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about Gone with the Wind. Um, I feel like I remember being bored with it as a kid, and now as an adult, I wasn't in love with it, but there's definitely some good stuff there. Matt, I have a question for you. Why do you think that um, good cinema, television, and or movies is important? Um, I think that it's important in the same way that any other art is important, but especially with movies and TV, it's kind of like pop culture. Um, I'm reading a book right now by this Harvard professor who's like a literary critic, and he's talking about the evolution of the novel. And literally in the first paragraph of his book, he said that he's the invention of the novel was such a mind-blowing moment for people when they could pick up a book and... The first novel it's like a full story with real characters you can get invested in and then he compared that to the invention of film he said that the jump from what they had before to a novel is similar from what they had in the late 1800s into the first film because it completely engrosses you in the sound the visuals it's like the most engrossing medium that we have right now and maybe in 10 years they'll have realistic 3d environments that you can go into and be the avatar and that'll be great uh, but at least for now the best that we have is movies especially but also tv um my wife and i just last year it was the 50th anniversary of the godfather and so we went and saw it in a movie theater and i've seen those movies 
probably at least like five times, but seeing it in the movie theater, I was just blown away because there's a lot of sounds that you don't really think about when you're watching it on your TV and maybe you have your phone or you're eating dinner or whatever. But in the movie theater, there's a scene when um, Al Pacino's character, who I can't even think of, uh, Michael, Michael Corleone. So he's like the young guy and he's in the bathroom and he gets the gun and he's going to kill a guy for the first time outside of the war, um, like a mob hit basically. And the subway is going by. And I had never noticed this before, but in the movie theater, the subway is so loud and the tension is so high because he's basically debating whether or not he wants to kill someone for this mob organization. And he's a character, he's a war hero. So you relate to him. You, you know, you love this guy, you want the best for him. And you see him kill someone in cold-blooded murder. And that moment of what you see, what it does to him, and what he becomes because of that decision, that's something that you can relate to any decision that we have. Are you going to be, are you going to go down that path? And if you do, what will that do to your character? And so that's what I think that movies and TV, they, you can integrate it into your own life and it can change you. I think for me, one thing that I really um, appreciate about movies and television is often we live in a box or a bubble. Say you live in L.A. and you are surrounded with people from L.A. and you have that mindset or you're from Colorado, you know, a small town where Matt and I grew up, grew up and you know what's there or you're from, you know, Mississippi and you know the swamps you're Arkansas you're shooting alligators on the regular <laughs> going toe-to-toe with gators uh, Florida hurricanes um, but yeah it's like you know you know your bubble you know your box and then movies are an opportunity for you to open your mind and there could be an argument that if people actually took the time to watch uh, a variety of cinema not just the lazy options not just like the fucking marvels but if they actually took the time to watch a variety of well acclaimed and appreciated cinema that you might be able to understand and connect with people more and you might not re- you might realize that oh life is not like me uh, but life is like other people you know you might watch city of god about the favelas in brazil and realize oh there are people going through things different than what i'm going through or um yeah i mean the list could go on so that's really why i like cinema and i think it definitely opened my own eye to what's possible being raised in a small town in an lds family you know thinking that the world revolves in around a certain way which it fucking doesn't it's all perspective the world is completely, uh, you know, vast and ever changing, and I think cinema and television is a way to learn that. Um, but only if people actually, you know, take the time to watch something different. So I always like throwing on the random, independent, independent film or the film in Mandarin or French or, um, you know, some random show on some streaming network just to see because. You never know. Yeah, I think it's a great portal into someone else's experience. And also, especially with how much time people spend on social media these days, um, 
you kind of get that version of people's life and it's very curated and obviously Mm. films are curated as well i mean they're way more curated but it's curated with a purpose like some director or a writer or someone is telling this story for a reason and so you are interested why are they telling the story what am i supposed to learn here or what even can i just like through osmosis what can i pick up in this situation whereas on social media you're just picking up i'm cool like that's basically all that people have to say on social media so a hundred percent i mean a good a good film is going to be curated i mean of course it's crafted it's a piece of art but it's authentic and it's a story like manchester by the sea about a man who's divorced his wife and his kids have died in a fire and um you know his one relative this young man is trying to connect to him and it's just a fucking struggle and it's a real story he gets in fights in the bars and he's a janitor and it's a real story about real people and like you said social media is just absolute bullshit and you scroll scroll through it and it's everyone just saying i'm an influencer and my life is this cool i've been you know as big of a candidate for it as anyone you know and um i appreciate that film because not a lot of people read books anymore you know i listen to them but i would say i really don't know that many people that actually read and or even listen so film and television is one of the last standing they definitely don't read poetry it's one of the last standing art forms of like authentic stories but only if you're watching authentic movies if you're watching bullshit movies then just couple that with your social media of a bullshit life and i'm like honestly i i can't i sound like a hater but it's the honest truth like watch something authentic and like put your shoes in someone else's yeah you're not you're not going to get it on the news you might get it on independent news like you might get it on youtube but otherwise you're just going to get it on film and television that's the only way you're going to get it yeah and i think it's like it's not even necessarily someone's like worldview or something you just can see like basic human interaction or like it's deeper than someone saying this is what i believe like some films that you can tell that the director has worked like so put so many hours into you get like the truest essence of what they believe and whatever, maybe for some filmmakers, you watch the film and you say, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that you believe that. Like, I know, uh, I think David Lynch is like kind of in the news right now because he has a lot of, um, like a lot of his movies are around October or that he has like some horror type movies. And that guy, like, I don't want to know what his stuff is because it's creepy and weird. And like, I watched Mulholland Drive and I was like, I don't really like this. But whatever, it's a really good movie. And so, like, you just can move on to the next one. Or maybe it just wasn't for me. But regardless, I saw something that was new to me. And it was, like, a new experience. So, yeah, that's something that people should be into. 
Well, and totally, and I think when people watch films, on your point, I mean, if it's not for them, they can be intentional about the, what they watch. Like, you can actually put a little bit of thought towards, okay, I'm going to spend this next two hours, and or television, like, I'm going to spend this next 35 hours, what am I going to put this into? And you can be intentional about you, about what you watch, watch, and you can actually look for something that has reviews and or a story and or a good director, rather than just watching poor things, which I don't know why, but people do that. That. it's just like a freaking mind virus that people spend 35 hours watching the real estate of orange county like fuck that and fuck those real estate agents they're fucking terrible people don't watch that stuff like find something good like one thing that came to mind when when you were talking when we were talking about this is random movie but once it's have you seen once mm-hmm I still remember the first time I watched Once, I was hunting with our dad, and somehow I downloaded this movie. I was like 16 years old. I think it's an R-rated movie. I mean, it's it's pretty heavy, but it's about this uh, Irish, about this Irish musician who sells or he repairs vacuum cleaners. And he falls in love with this girl and they write an album together and they record this music. And anyways, it's just movies like that that stick with me from, you know, the age of 15, 16. This like random kind of independent, independent, indie film that I don't think very many people have seen. And uh, I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but it made an impact. So people, if you can take anything from this podcast, it is to, you know, spend your time in something valuable and maybe spend a little bit less time on fucking TikTok because it's ter- It's just like such a mind uh, virus and depressing. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think you're getting anything from it. And maybe Matt and I are going to start a movement for good cinema to, you know, intentionally spend some time watching good cinema and we're going to give you some recommendations again we're not experts i have not directed anything massive yet maybe we will all right yeah that's what the spot is going to be all about just and we're going to learn stuff too like you said like we're brand new to this we're amateur critics there's a whole world of movies that we don't know about and so that's why i'm so excited to be doing this podcast just to find new stuff that is worth watching because so much of what we watch is not worth the investment. So 100%. And I think us talking about this now, Matt and I are going to be more intentional about what we watch. I know I'm going to pay more attention because I don't really feel like looking like an idiot on this podcast, which I'm sure I already <laughs> will. I already will, but I'll do my best not to. And then anyone listening can be intentional about what they watch and they can send us, uh, you know, recommendations and examples. We can debate and we can talk about it and we can trash on the ring of power and we can build up House of Dragons or The Sopranos, which is even better as Seinfeld, which is pretty dang good. Um, But anyways, that's about all I got to say, Matt. You want to bring us home? You got anything else to add? No, that was awesome. That was super exciting. And I'm just excited for this journey. I feel like we've got so much to learn and so much to talk about you know real quick before i end this is just reminds me i'm just i'm not gonna read the whole quote but i'm just gonna read just a little bit about matt it's like the great stories the ones that really mattered full of darkness and danger they were and sometimes you didn't want to know the end 
Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, the shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think Mr. Frodo, he just left me. I think Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. <laughs> you left me, dude. It conked out. Man, monologue, dude. Ah, oh, that hurt. That hurt. But I think a technical Mr. Error. Frodo, I do understand. I know now folk in the stories had a lot. Did we already read this? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Broken <laughs> stories had a lot of chances of turning back, if only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and that it's worth fighting for. God bless you people. This is the real brothers. Keep it real. We're getting some new technology because Squadcast sucks. Leave them a negative review. <laughs> and we will be back every night for the next year. 365 fucking days. No, I'm just kidding. Probably once a week. Take care. God bless. Peace out, everybody.